Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening with David Cook. If you're frustrated with the way we are speaking or not speaking to each other, if you find yourself easily at odds in your conversations with people, this may be just the show for you. Listen in as David and his guests will help you elevate your communication skills and navigate the tensions present in many conversations today. Now, here is David Cook. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is David Cook. Welcome to another episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. And, um, you know, I've become a, you've become a regular co-host, Sharon. Um, this is probably, what, about your fifth or sixth uh, visit to this uh, little radio show? I think so. We're becoming pals. <laughs> I know. I love it. Um, it's, it's funny what, what, uh, what our guests or what our audience did not know is um we get the we have the benefit of saying how did we pick this subject and then we like realize that i think the reason our our dialogue resonates at least you know between the two of us resonates so well is is that we have um, shared experiences and shared stories and we'll call, put in quotes shared struggles or challenges absolutely and it's amazing because we're in similar uh, ways of doing business. We're in similar life history because we've known each other uh, a long, long time. And yet we have different ways of dealing with whatever topic we're talking about. So it makes it very vibrant for us and hopefully for the audience as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is funny. You know, coaches, coaches coaching each other. But I guess, you know, like um, people say therapists need a therapist, coaches need coaches. So I guess that's just the way it goes. But um, today's topic is. Um, focusing on am I doing enough and when I say you know like you asked me earlier so how'd you come up with this and the am I doing enough is um the challenge for me this is you know personal reflection to kind of set the tone for the conversation is there are times where I when I'm doing things I do them um I have a vision I have a dream I have a goal whatever it is and I do stuff but I but I have a dream of how it looks like when I get there or how it's going to manifest itself in, in the forms of accomplishment and along the way, I'm looking for affirmation. I'm looking for checkpoints. I'm looking for, um, you know, added energy and stuff like that. And I realize that, you know, number one is for me now that this is very introspective, but one is um, maybe I'm expecting too much of myself. Number two is maybe I'm expecting too much from others along the way. And then number three, because those two things don't necessarily work according to plan, I get down on myself and I start figuring, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to do differently or better? And I almost corrupt the process because I get off track trying to get a response or an affirmation or an outcome. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking to Mike, I'm, I wonder how many people in the audience have that same feeling. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And then you like head out the door and woohoo. And you get halfway down the street. And it's like, holy shit, this isn't working. <laughs> And it isn't, it's not because we're not working hard at it. It isn't working because whatever it is I thought it would be, it isn't right now. What do I need? What more do I need to do? Or what am I doing wrong? Is right. that, is that kind of like set the table for you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my goodness. Because I've, I've, you know, when you sent me the topic, I started pondering why this resonated so much with me right now is because I've been in that position that you just said I had okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I have an expectation about not only how much work I'm going to put into it, what kind of work I'm going to put, what the outcome. I already am thinking about the outcome because that's motivating. You know, I, I don't want to not think about the outcome, but 
And then, like you said, the, the bigger part to me is I have no control over how anybody is going to respond to this. As much work as I put in, is it enough? Well, I don't know, because I'm not getting the response that I expected or that I assumed would happen. So for me, it is a very important topic. Hopefully, our listeners are having this same conundrum in their head, because I think all of us, no matter what level of wherever we are, of our age, of our business, of our relationships, we're all wondering, am I doing enough? Right. I know it is, and it's really a question. And and, and the question is, is that, am I doing enough? It's interesting where we go for the feedback. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like we want other we want others to affirm us, and we want others to acknowledge us. We want others to celebrate us. And like you said, is some of that stuff really isn't in our control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, and that, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, and I was wondering if you, because it is not in our control, what kind of solutions, other thoughts, redirections can we give ourselves to recognize absolutely the value? Because we're not in the world by ourselves. So we want to have some relationship with the audience, whether it's our children or our husband or our business partners or our community. But to balance that, having them acknowledge it in a way that gives us the feedback we're looking for, uh, right or wrong, <laughs> good mm-hmm. or bad. Um, and then what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thing that I've been really working hard on, you know, the fact that the, for the people who are listening, um, this is kind of this radio show is a great example of. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I was I was absolutely positively committed that I wasn't going to get caught up in the numbers. And the reason I wasn't going to get caught up in the numbers is that I, I I believe in what I'm doing. I believe that we need to learn how to have better conversations. I believe that we can have so many opportunities to learn from others. I believe that we have an opportunity to step into sticky, ugly, um, confrontational situations and find a way through where we may not agree, but at least we've learned and have some understanding. And yes. so I, I formed the show saying, I am going to be the um, uh, that voice that says, we can do this. We can learn. We can find a value in, in people, even though we may disagree with them or be very uncomfortable with them. And then, you know, as the people said, well, well how's that going to go? It's like, I don't know, but my commitment is I'm going to do it no matter what, and I'm not going to focus on the numbers. Um, <laughs> and you and I had a conversation right before we went online. So, yeah, I did some things. My numbers are up because I'm getting caught up in the numbers. Yes. And, therefore and why the sh- not? Well, because, well, but it corrupts the show. Yeah. Well, it corrupts your head, too. Yeah, because it takes the joy out of what, you know, I believe it, you know, and I want to stand for it. So then just do it. I'm on a platform that allows me to just do it. Now, if it's not, if I'm not attracting audiences and stuff like that, the question is back to, am I doing enough? Maybe that I'm not doing enough. Maybe I'm not doing the things I need to do. That's true. And you shared with me, you did something. You did a little more enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) and got a different result. Talk about that. Right. Well, I went to some people and I said, okay, so, you know, what are people doing to create more awareness of their podcasts. And one of the first questions the expert said has, have you gone back to your guests and have them promote their experience or promote their time on the show? I go, no, I really haven't. Try that. 
So it was a, it was advice. It wasn't to get the numbers up. It was to say, hey, if you had a great experience being on the show and you found value being on the show, um, do me a favor and let people know that. And so I got a whole bunch of emails from people saying, oh, yeah, I got your back, Dave. And they did it. What happened? The numbers jumped. It doesn't mean it, you know, it doesn't mean, oh my gosh, you know, now, I'm, now I've arrived, it's getting better. No, it's a, another tool or resource. But the, the you know, I want to go back first before I go too far forward is you asked me what are one of the things we need to remind ourselves of? Um, go back to the why. Yeah. It starts with the why. Remember, I listed my whys. I gave you three, right? You know, I believe, I believe, I believe. Okay. If if you believe that, this is your passion, this is your energy, this is your driver. Stay in that space. Don't get off track trying to chase numbers because if you chase numbers or if you're chaining, change, uh, chasing money or if you're changing chasing viewers, whatever it is, that gets away from the why and it becomes about the what. I want more numbers. I want to make more money. I want to get more exposure. I want to be doing the thing. That wasn't your why. That's not why you started. So here you are now in left field doing something that really wasn't part of your passion because your passion in your mind wasn't getting the results that you envisioned, but you weren't doing it for the results. You were doing it because you were passionate about. Yeah, again, it's like, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? And and relationship to what you just said, if you're outside of what you're naturally or motivated to do, and you're not getting the results that you want, that question looks am I doing enough? Right. Find out, well, am I doing enough in this way? Am I willing to shift or do I just keep, you know, pushing through in the way that I people have told me is supposed to work? And that's one of the benefits that I found for myself is I've been willing to say, okay, this is the reason why I'm doing it. I want to uh, motivate people to see the world differently. I want to motivate them to interact with themselves and each other differently in my movement of no judgment, just love. Now, do I have millions of followers? Probably, but I don't know them. They're not clicking everything because what I've gleaned from our society more often than not is people are very willing to tell you what they don't like and they're not willing to say what they do like so if you're doing something that causes controversy or gives them a thing to battle us and them you're going to get a lot of interaction mm -hmm. which motivates people to say well i'm doing i'm going to do enough in that space those of us that don't want to be in that space like me, and I gather you as well, we want to help people uplift themselves, elevate, like you said, their conversations. Mm -hmm. We don't really get as much traction because we're trying to deliver the message in a positive way instead of a combative way. Mm -hmm. Or a popular way. Or I'm a not, popular way. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely positive. Not, um, well, you know, I would love to be popular, but I'm not doing it to be popular. <laughs> Correct. You know, and, um, you know, I think that that's um, anyway, um, you know, I kind of like I was thinking like, you know, we, you know, you hear these musicians, they say I'm out to create the next best sound. So yeah. what they do is they focus on creating music and generating music to try to be, um, um, you know, it, you know, create a, a following and stuff like that. And the thing is, is that it doesn't happen because you went after it. It happened because you played what resonated with you. Exactly. If you've ever been to a concert, where does the audience get the most enjoyment? Singing the songs that you they know 
of yours. When you start singing your original stuff, there's a little more silence <laughs> in the audience. Have yeah. you experienced that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, I just experienced it. I went to I saw Jackson Brown in Las Vegas and <gasps> and he played he played some of his old his new music and it was good. It was great. And some of it I had heard so I but you know so it was familiar to me. But boy, when he went back into the um archives, holy crap, people were yelling and screaming and singing the songs and boogieing with them and all that stuff is like yeah this is you know because that's really what we remember but you know he's he's a writer he's a musician so he's going to continue to write but he's not writing um to create a new sound he's writing to his passion yes and that's you yes. know for me that's why jackson brown is a is a is, a, is my guy right is because his music resonates with me Okay, and, and so you know, everybody, I, everybody in that room, same thing. The music resonated with him. He wasn't trying to be, you know, the next somebody. He was just being Jackson Brown, who ended up having to write music that a bunch of people liked. And you know, Dave, what you're saying to me is so relational to "Am I doing enough?" Because what what I heard you say in Jackson Brown is he knows who he is. He knows what his talent is. He knows that he has something inside him he wants to deliver. And he has delivered things that resonate with people. But he's willing to say, that wasn't enough. I still have more in me. Mm -hmm. And he could have settled right there. That's enough. I've got like millions of people following me. I've sold a lot of records. I did enough. Mm -hmm. But inside him, because of the drive of knowing yourself, and I think that's one of the missing elements in our country, at least, is we're not practiced or invited to figure out who we are uniquely so we can measure enough based on ourselves. Like you said, we measure enough based on other people and you have no control really of other people. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And I love the way you said that because, um, you know, knowing, knowing who we are, you know, I love that you're telling me this. I feel like I'm getting free coaching here, but knowing who you are and embracing that and allowing that to drive you moving forward. Um, we've talked about we've talked about authenticity and transparency on many episodes in this in this show. And the whole idea, like Brene Brown says, is that um, if you if you try to please, prove, perfect or perform, what you end up with is you find yourself in a tribe that isn't yours. Correct. But if you are authentic to who you are, what you're doing is you're, first of all, you're inviting people to see you for who you are, but also too, you're inviting yourself, you're creating a space for those who see you for who you are and it resonates with them to join you. And you're also modeling that for other people. Mm -hmm. That when you become who you are and you're willing to step out of the judgmental box of our society that you have to fit in by pretending or being something you're really not, and you can actually be who you are and be accepted, somebody in that crowd, hopefully more than somebody, is going to say, oh, well, Dave did it. Maybe I can be my unique, crazy, wonderful self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. And, um, you know, one of the things that you also, one of the other things says is that we spend a lot of trying, time trying to be something, you know, like, you know, people back to the musicians or whatever. I want to be the next fill in mm -hmm. the blank. Well, you can't be the next because there's only one. You can't be Dave Cook, okay? You could say there's things that David Cook does that I really like. Well, then, you know, you can emulate those behaviors, but you can't say I'm going to be the next Dave Cook. And besides, exactly. you guys don't, besides, you guys really don't want to be. But anyway, um, 
I'm now Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the idea. There's things that Dave does that really resonates with me, and I like it. And I'm going to allow myself the space to do those things as well because it resonates with me. That's not them saying I'm going to be like Dave. What I'm doing is I'm allowing myself to be myself in the way Dave has. And, you know, what I hear when you say that is so interesting. In one ear, I hear, I want to be like Mike. <laughs> you know, and that to me is appropriate. I want to be like Mike because I like what you just said, which is I like some of the things that Dave does. That seems to resonate with me so I can become, he's my motivator to become more of me because I like him. On the other hand, I hear interviewers say, oh, you're the next Whitney Houston, or you're the next person that has already existed, which to me is a disregard of that person's uniqueness to become them. Mm -hmm. They can emulate, they can be inspired by, but don't put them in the box of having to answer or respond to you are somebody else. You're the mm -hmm. next somebody else who's already existed. Right. And that, and that puts so much pressure. And then back to the thing, am I doing enough? Well, if you create that as your goal, um, you know, then that's what they, that's what it is. Am I doing enough? They're going to work and work and work and work and work towards that. Is that really achievable? They're going to drive themselves batty trying to be something that they can't be. And even if they become similar to that, is that fulfilling? Is that what you want? And for some people, the answer is a resounding yes. And, and let's not forget that, that you, there are people that enough is different and enough is not motivated by passion. Enough is motivated by something that may not motivate us. Mm -hmm. And when they get to the enough, they're celebrating. And we might be a little befuddled, but I think, you know, whereas with the movement that I'm doing, no, no judgment, just love, I have to allow people to celebrate wherever their enough is. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because that's that's where they want to be. Are you, are you content where you are? Yep. Then let's celebrate that. High five, happy dances. And, you know, where do you go from here? So I don't know if I need to go anywhere from here. I'm just, what I'm going to do is I'm going to live this out in a more powerful, um, effective manner, right? Exactly. And, you know, the other thing is I remember delivering this uh, talk maybe about eight years ago to some social workers. And it was at the time that uh, former President Jimmy Carter was really involved in philanthropic work. And we asked ourselves a similar question. Am I giving enough? Hmm. Am I doing enough? Am I being enough in the philanthropic helping other people way? And we discerned, or at least I offered this opportunity to, to uh, think about the big give versus the small give. And many people are motivated by, well, I want to do more. I want to do enough. I want to do enough to match what's in society. So when they see a big give that they can't meet, they don't give at all. And I want to acknowledge just like that phrase, you can't get to the top of a mountain by one leap. You do little bits at a time. So a lot of the small recognitions of the small things you do and the small celebrations, just like you write and wrote to me, I shared it in a number of social media places and you got a lot of likes from that post. And hopefully some of those were included in your numbers going up. Mm -hmm. But that was a small activity I could do that was absolutely enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't ask you to do more, um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't say you have to carry the load for. Here's what I need from you in big ways, so that we, so that I can get what I want to, you know, what I want to get, which was, you know, back. But that's back to the thing, the corruptor. I wanted more numbers, 
you know, I obviously I, I, I was, you know, I want to make sure that I'm making a difference. And it gets it's such a slippery slope, though. It is. It is. It's a, it's because... a slippery slope. You know, in fact, my son, <laughs> my, my son said to me last week, he says, if this is truly a passion project, dad, then what do you <laughs> then what do you care? And what was your answer? Oh, I sucked at it. Um, <laughs> Uh, children think, well, really do bring out the truth. Well, I, well, when they feel safe to speak their truth, it's a beautiful thing because they who knows who knows you better than them because they spent their whole life watching you in front of them. Um, so they, if you give them the space to speak their truth, it's a beautiful thing. But I basically said I justified different things. You know, yeah, because well, but I need to get my numbers up so that he says, well, that's not a passion project now. That becomes, <laughs> you know, it, it's becoming about the money in order to do something else. And yes, you know, it we we all need money to live. Um, you know, and it's nice that when what we're doing um, in our community is, is allows us to sustain ourselves. You know, so. Um, we do need something back um, in order to continue to the sustenance, you know, sustenance. But did you, like I said earlier, if it becomes about I have to make X or I have to figure out how to make X, how to get a thousand viewers or how to get a thousand dollars in sponsorships or a thousand likes on every episode, whatever it is, then I'm not going to have the conversations I need to have. What I'm going to have is I'm going to have conversations that I believe I need to have in order to. And oh my God! Cool. That's so. Say that again. That that's really <laughs> important for people to hear. I'm not going to have the conversations that I need to have. I'm going to have the conversations that I um, feel like I need to have in order to. Yes, in order to achieve which, a goal that's outside of myself, which is outside of the original mission too. Yeah, the original mission is to have conversations that make a difference. There you go. That's why you that, said come back to your why. That's right. It's that's that has to be enough. You know, and that's but that's hard. It is hard because it butts up against your self-esteem, your courage, your self-worth, your uh business acumen, you know, your place in the community, unwilling to talk about your project because it doesn't align with everyone, what everyone else thinks is enough. Because the first question is not, hey, how's your podcast doing? Is it really fulfilling you? It's how many people are following it? How many likes do you have? And now you're in this conundrum of shrinkage because not you, but a person who thinks they haven't done enough can't really respond to that question because it's embarrassing to them. Mm -hmm. And people do not like to be embarrassed in front of their peers. Mm -hmm. And and again, it's interesting. We're spending a lot of time on this. Why? And, you know, probably after the break, he hasn't keyed up the break, but after the break, we'll talk about this a little bit more. But um, I think about um, every podcast. It's like, what did you enjoy about the podcast? And I go, I had a blast. You know, a couple of things. First of all, um, I did this. I've always wanted to do this. Okay. I've always wanted to be on radio. I love being interviewed on radio shows. I loved when I did a podcast earlier and I allowed myself to corrupt it and shut it down. And this one is kind of like, okay, I'm in it and I'm really enjoying it. I love the podcast. I love the conversations. Um, in my heart, I know that I'm good at what I'm doing in the podcast. Okay. So obviously I'm being authentic to me. It feels natural and good and gifted. Um, but what happens is, is that, you know, Monday morning I get an email from the radio station 
and it sends me the numbers. Ah, my numbers aren't what I want it to be. And it steals my joy. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that we could all, I can't do this every time, but this is one of my solution places. One of the tools in my toolbox is when I ever hear, am I doing enough? First of all, I go, what's my why? Am I, am I having joy? Am I having fun? And then I give myself permission to redefine enough. Because if I'm not doing enough based on numbers, then is that the barometer by which I want to judge this activity? Or can I find something else equally valuable? So am I finding joy? Okay, then I'll keep doing it till it's not fun. And I'm not going to worry about the numbers. Or somebody out there more than somebody is maybe not liking it, but they're hearing it. Mm -hmm. Or somebody that heard it is relating to somebody that I don't know which gives me motivation to keep going. Mm -hmm. That's well, and I, you know, you, you, you hit on something that's really important there is um, there's an unnatural, there's, we've, we thrashed this a little bit um, is a couple of times, but there's an unnatural component to it is um, if I'm doing the things that I know I need to do on the show and I stay, stay true to that, the question is, go back to the experts, go to the marketing experts, go to people who have podcasts and say, what are some of the things that you found that resonated that, um, that you know, you put your podcast in front of people? How do you put your podcast in front of people? How do you uh, maybe advertise or market or promote your podcast in a way that more people saw it that had an opportunity to participate? Because there's 7 million podcasts out there. Everybody has a podcast. So I'm not changing the structure of the podcast. What I'm looking at is asking the experts on how can I do a different, you know, do something different or better to make people more aware of the podcast. Right. And that's that's a healthy activity because I'm not a marketer. I'm a podcaster. I'm a right. life coach. I'm executive coach. Those are the things I do well, you know. So do continue to do the things you do well, live your passion in that, and look for resources who are good at other things that can give you courage and advice, not from a place of judgment or shame or failure, but from opportunity. Absolutely. And that just resonated with me because somebody told me to step outside my box for something I'm doing. And you have the courage to go ask the experts and then the courage to go do something that they advise. She gave me advice and I hyperventilated and went into my hole like, oh, my gosh, I can't do that. <laughs> but yeah. over time, I, you know, time being this was Friday, was today, Monday. I'm now seeing the. I knew the value of what she was saying. Get out there and be seen. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. But now I'm I've changed my enough that she was giving me to align with the intention, but redefine enough so that I can find my comfort zone and achieve the same thing in mm -hmm. my personal way. And and the being seen piece is like what you you know what you're saying too is being seen is more visibility. I'm not yes. changing my messaging. I'm not changing the way I wear my hair or the way I dress or the any of that stuff. What I'm doing is I'm finding other avenues that people can find, see me for who I am, that Absolutely. they can experience me. And so then when you say, am I doing enough? It's not that I'm doing enough to um, redefine something. What am I doing is I'm redoing enough. Can I do what, what can I do differently or better? to create a, you know, a little bit more opportunity for people to find me, experience me, discover me, whatever it is. 
Um, you know, I think that that's what it is. It's a slip, but it's such a slippery slope. Yes, it is. Put yeah. on your track shoes. <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Um, I was thinking I might. Um, this show has been a little bit about me. I apologize, but I might come back though at the beginning of the uh, the episode and and say uh, tell a story. So anyway, stay tuned. I have a story on the other side of this break. This is David Cook. Stop telling. Start listening. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. We are living in a time where a relentless commitment to opinions and beliefs are dividing communities and fracturing crucial relationships. Making ourselves right and those who disagree with us wrong leaves little room for engaging in a constructive learning dialogue. There is little opportunity to change minds, find common ground, or solve complex problems. Those who are not being heard or understood become angry, hurt, lost, isolated, alone, and more. While mental health-related issues are on the rise, too few know how to safely share their struggles, and far too many don't know how to care about those that do. While it is increasingly frustrating to experience an increase in this communication divide, there is hope. And according to David Cook, there is an answer. The answer lies in how we adjust our communication style and shift our listening behaviors. In his radio show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, host David Cook introduces his audiences to the power found in creating a safe place for sharing life perspectives and experiences without judgment, criticism, correction, or shame. There are tremendous opportunities in learning to see the world from the eyes of another. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific. Discover how shifting your listening behaviors will close the divide that exists between you and others in your community. We all struggle with relationship tensions in the home or at work or with a loved one. Often that tension causes us to avoid communicating with that individual because it usually ends up in a fight or an argument that only makes things worse. In the show Stop Telling and Start Listening, host David Cook shares the lessons of his personal experiences to help you engage in healthy, insightful conversations for healing broken or damaged relationships. After a successful professional career as a sales pro, executive, and consultant, David Cook discovered in a significant transformational way the impact a shift in listening had on the father-son relationship during his youngest child's struggles with a heroin addiction. After loving his son with various reactive behaviors of shame, guilt, criticism, judgment, David discovered that when he made a commitment to understand his son's struggles, to learn about the addiction journey from his son's perspective and meet him where he was in his addiction, David realized he was rebuilding their relationship in powerful, influential ways. David's show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, provides listeners guidance and insight to the powers of listening, selfless listening. Instead of avoiding the people we are struggling to understand or communicate with, David provides listeners with tools they can utilize to facilitate an authentic, safe sharing of personal and real perspectives and experiences. He teaches us how to navigate into areas of communication tension to help repair broken or damaged relationships. 
build trust with those we need to lead or support, and solve complex problems with impactful, lasting solutions. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific for a listening session that will help close the divide that exists or is developing between you and others in your community. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or you can email Dave at dave at thecookgroupllc.com. Now, back to the show with David. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is David Cook with Sharon Ray. We are in uh, the second half of Stop Telling and Start Listening, episode 44. Episode 44, what a big number. Am I doing enough exploring your inner drive? Um, during break, Sharon said, I have a story. So um, I'm going to turn the mic over to Sharon and um, tell us your story, Sharon. I will, but first I want to let everybody know I have a magical, mystical favorite number, and it is 44. <laughs> There so, we go. This is so special. My daughter's softball number was 44. Every time I see 44, I stop and thank. It's just a wonderful number for me. I wonder if anybody else out there has a favorite special magic number. Anyway, as we're talking about, am I doing enough? I have a former husband and I have two daughters. And one of my daughters was sharing a story about another family and the dynamics that were similar to our family, right? And she's sharing the story about this title, Am I Doing Enough? And as she's sharing the story, it's starting to stab me in the heart, <laughs> what she's saying. So when people ask that question or make a statement about you, are you doing enough or you didn't do enough, I just want to offer this story for anybody if it resonates with them. So as she was sharing the story, she said, you know, mom, two of the people in that family were kind of similar. And two of the other people in that family were a little different from the others, but similar to each other. And one person in that family made the statement, well, you know, the two of us would do anything for the family. And those other two would not. Mm. I just went. Like I said, it stabbed me in the heart because it was kind of, it just resonated with me. Um, and what she further went on to say is because those two people that thought they would, that defined themselves as doing enough and going beyond, in my view, were doing things that were inconsistent with who they were. But they did it anyway. Like you said, forcing it. You know, even though I know what I know, I'm going to force it. And for me, I've become very willing to know who I am, to know when I'm pushing, to know when I'm doing something that isn't right for me, then it can never be right for the other person. And I'm willing to change lanes or do something respectful that looks different. 
And so when I was explaining that to her, I said, first of all, that story is uh, too close to home. <laughs> and I can understand the old paradigm is blood is thicker than water and you do anything for your family. But if your family is pulling you down the river and you're getting ready to drown, do you still say, I have to do enough? I have to keep doing more for this person that's helping you drown. Mm -hmm. And I no longer align with that. My definition, which is what I shared in the first half, when you're talking about enough, be willing to redefine that for you so you stay motivated. Now, my enough for family is I'm genuine, I'm kind, I'm generous, I am always there and available for my family members. But I will not let you have a behavior that affects my life that you are unwilling to change and now I'm drowning with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to be respectful of me and you and place you a little bit over there, which to those other two people, according to my daughter that she was sharing, looks like they won't do enough for the family. Mm. You know, what you're talking about there is, um, as I'm listening to you talk about it, it's it's having a great sense of, um, we call them healthy boundaries. Yes. And um and I, I'm, again, this is kind of a repeat for some people, but reemphasize it. You know, my definition of creating healthy boundaries is what I will do, what I won't do, what I desire, what I won't tolerate. And you talked very clearly about what I will do, what I won't do. And when I look at those things, those are value statements. What I will do, what I won't do. This is who I am. This is how I roll. This is how you're going to experience me. What I desire, I desire in the situation, I desire for this family, the four of us, or what I'm any other, but the four of us, to find a way to support, encourage, and love each other, even in shitty times. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that doesn't mean I'm going to compromise who I am because I can't compromise my who I am at the expense of losing myself. Exactly. You know, now it goes back to, am I doing enough? I don't know. People may judge me in that situation. They may judge you and they say, so, you know, hey, Sharon, you know, you're not stepping up. I said, well, you know, you know me. These are my boundaries. These are my rules. I can't operate outside my room. Doesn't mean I don't love you guys. Doesn't mean I'm not committed to my mission with the family of, you know, love, support, encourage, even in, in crappy times. I'm there. But there are just some things I can't go to. There's some things I just can't do. I'm sorry. It doesn't change my commitment. But it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't change my commitment to the family. And it doesn't change. I'm not going to alter my commitment to myself. And exactly. you can't and you can't tell me how to play the rules, play the game. You know, I we, you know that's in where the tension is you talk about that. You know, this is what I need from you. I understand I'm not sure I can give that, but let's talk about how we can come to understanding that it's not a matter of me not loving you. It's not a matter of me not supporting you. It's not a matter of me. It's a matter of me respecting myself enough not to compromise things that I think are very important. Absolutely target hit. You know, and I think that's right because of the pressure. Am I doing enough? And then people are saying, yeah, you got to do more. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I am I am all in, but I'm burned out. Yes. You know, and and, and I just can't. I, and it's not, I'm not being selfish. What I'm doing is I'm being responsible. I'm re being, being responsible to myself. And I'm also and being, re I'm being respectful to myself. And, you know, Dave, this is a very timely, important conversation to be having right before holiday time, Thanksgiving, Christmas, when you're gathering with your families. And, 
you know, maybe you're a divorced family that's still in the struggle of, I can't be in the same room as this, my kid's other parent, or one more year with Uncle Joe, and I think I'll just go jump in a lake, or I can't be in a room and listen to Aunt Sally and Aunt Sue just go at it about other people for the whole time. And so for me, am I doing enough is a great question to ask yourself when you get invited to these family uh, gatherings that you're not really aligning with your boundaries. Maybe you haven't set boundaries. Maybe you've been in that space of the customary and expectation of the family is that we get together no matter what. Mm-hmm. And you hang, I mean, I can love you no matter what, but I don't have to be next to you no matter what. Right. And, it's, and it goes, <laughs> and you could have a boundary that says, I'm not going to put myself in tox, toxic situations where I'm disrespected and abused. Absolutely. And if or, that means, or that I'm means, bringing the talk, go ahead. Well, you know, but it's a, but that, but that means then you can say to people, say, look at when we get together, it's not healthy for me. And I've just made a commitment to myself that I'm not going. It doesn't mean I don't love you guys. It's just that in the, if we can't clean this up, I can't play. Exactly. Or if you happen to have some sort of habit that could equal a addiction that you're trying to abate mm-hmm. and all the family just gorges and you're trying to eat differently or all the family smokes and you're trying not to be around smoking. It's not that you're not doing enough for the family. It's that you're not doing enough for you to mm-hmm. remain healthy. Right. So and there's always. And if you don't, if sides. you don't respect yourself first, other people won't, res- you know, won't respect you either. So the whole idea. Yeah, they don't know how. But then, you know, like you said, the other thing I've learned when we did this exercise, when I do these exercises with um, individuals, whether it's in companies or in families. Most people don't really have a clear sense of values. And you mentioned this way back in the show. Most people don't know who they are. Correct. And I think that that's the, that's the key to all of this stuff is, um, um, you know, when I, one of my, you know, four pillars of personal leadership is, uh, you know, live with passion. But passion isn't like, ooh, I'm a cheerleader in my life. Passion is understanding what drives, inspires, and guides me. Yes. And when I say, what's your dig? They say, what do you mean? Well, what drives you? What inspires you? What guides you? What's the foundation of who you are? And most people are like, hmm, you know, I don't know. I've never thought of that. It's like, wow, you're 40 years old. You've been in, you know, you're married. You got kids. You're in a business. And you've never thought about that? You know, I'm kind of shocked because I'm an extremely introspective person. And I'm probably my my biggest chief critic. In fact, I don't need another critic because I've got three of them in my head working extra hard. But um, it's the idea is that, boy, I, I, I pretty much know what drives, inspires, and guides me. It's kind of like that's what I struggle with is allowing that to, to be in control. But at least I kind of have some sense of what that is. Most people say, well, I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, I don't think I can. Or I'm, can I really give myself permission? It's like if you don't give yourself permission, then what happens is everybody else has permission to tell you who you are. And how you're going to play the game and what the rules are. And it's it, you, you get lost. And, you know, if we do, which I know we do, and you do too, learn from our parents' behavior, we either learn like, oh, I like what that is, so I'm going to emulate it. Or, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to do that. And if your parent doesn't know that they don't know who they are, what are they showing their kids? And so on and so on. So we have a whole country community of people moving around, including me, before I had this 
epiphany of, oh, I got I can't, I don't like this person that I have allowed other people to tell me who I am. This right. doesn't feel good anymore. And oh, goodness, Lord, <laughs> don't use the words feeling because that's an abomination here in this country. You have to think through everything. But mm -hmm. you can think yourself in and out of everything. Your feelings are where your truth is, your personal truth, mm -hmm. which, in my opinion, helps you discover what works for you and what doesn't, which helps you define what's enough and what's not enough. Mm -hmm. And it goes, you know, that whole idea is, you know, we talk about, we've talked about this, you know, giving yourself permission, giving yourself permission to be true to you, giving yourself permission to, to step in that space and say, um, this is who I am. And I know it's going to make you a little uncomfortable in some areas. That's not the goal. The goal is for you to at least under, understand who I am, how you're going to experience me, how I like to be, how do I like to interact, my commitments to, and all that other stuff. It does, it goes back to the thing we talked earlier. When I'm transparent, when I'm authentic, it's encouraging everybody else to be transparent and authentic. Now, like you said, society right now is we're trying to be something. Um, you know, we're, we're too busy into the being. I want to be rich. I want to be strong. I want to be successful. I want to be powerful. I want to be liked. I want to be loved. And so that becomes the outcome instead of saying, I want to be who I am. And, you know, I agree with you. And again, I think no offense to Webster, <laughs> but we need to give ourselves permission to redefine some of these words based on where we are in life. Um, because what power was to me at eight was my cape and running around like that. And what power was to me at 20 was that I can find and work in through any job and power to me now equals my self power. So the definition shifts based on my life where I am. But I think we also need to embrace and, and recognize that you can give yourself permission to find out who you are, or you can give yourself permission to stay blind to that because you like the enough outcome you're getting in the way you're conducting yourself to become wealthy, to become powerful, to become loved, to become seen, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, going bring this full circle is, is that, you know, back to the, you know, we talked about the foundation of all this stuff, whatever goal, dream, ambition, projects, whatever thing you're taking is, is, look really close at the why well, you know what's what's behind it what drives that because if you know you're like back to the musician or you know i had a really good friend is that they their, their goal in life was to be seen as brilliant um you know, you know we talked about a musician looking for the next sound or the somebody coming up with the next great idea you can't do that just by working at it you know, the whole idea, am I doing, I need to do more because it's not seen as brilliant. Okay, keep working at that. It's still not there. I'm still not seen as brilliant. Keep working at that. It becomes toxic because you're looking for things to happen that are outside of you. So I the I have a story that Emma, that that uh, describes that. Yeah, I'm, prob I'm probably gonna, I'll probably run out of time, but I'm going to tell this story. It might be the, it might be the story that closes the show. But, um, you know, everybody knows, everybody knows my story, but I probably haven't fussed up to the story in here about that um i i um man this is 13 years ago now i started uh, this or this this nonprofit called 100 pedals how it started was i realized that i was absolutely desperately completely and totally broken by my son's addiction i didn't know what to do 
And a lot of convert internal conversation stuff says, I need to find a way to get control of my life, get regain control of my life, find balance in a way that his addiction doesn't own me. But at the same time, I understand better what he's going through. So I said, I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to ride my bike for an hour a day for 100 days in a row. That was it. It wasn't to show off to everybody that I could ride 100 days in a row. It wasn't. It was for me a mission to get control in my life. And I started riding. And with every single bike ride, I would like ride. My mind would whir. And then at the towards the end of the ride, I would like have an idea or a thought. And I would write these little sayings down. And then, you know, a week later, I wrote all these things. And I said, yeah, but there's more to it. And then I would write um, you know, anywhere from a 500 to a thousand page memento and stuff like that. I'm looking at this stuff. Going, this is really interesting. And I got to share it because I, you know, I got to tell people what I'm experiencing. Again, it's what I'm experiencing. I'm not telling people that they can like a oh, holy shit, Dave, this is good and stuff like it was, I've got to share this because it's giving me joy and energy. I want to share this joy and energy with people. And so sure enough, you know, six months into this, you know, writing and sharing the blog and I'm after my hundred days, I've already crossed the finish line and I start getting feedback. Dave, this is brilliant. This is great. I love what you're writing. And what happened was made a little pivot. Oh, maybe I'm onto something. I forgot what I was onto. I was onto changing my life. What I did was I shifted it and said, I'm on to something. Maybe I can start changing other people's lives, which is noble and good, but it's not why I was doing it. Yeah. So I, what I started focusing on was blogging and podcasting. I started a nonprofit to help parents. I tried to turn it into a pseudo business. You know, it wasn't really a business, but I tried to turn my nonprofit into something that at least it could sustain me while I would do these things for parents. And yeah. I got I got away from the original mission to the point where um, I went broke. <laughs> I felt this tremendous sense of failure. I lost hope that I was making a difference because I wasn't I wasn't making money, raising money, or gaining a lot of followers. I maybe I was impacting lives, but by measures I couldn't measure how I was right. impacting lives. So right. where was I? Was way over here, way over in right field away from the original mission, trying to make something happen. What ended up happening? 2018, I said, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Why? Because it's a failure. Wow. And, it, and it's not a failure. It changed my life. Yes. It, it accomplished everything I set out to accomplish, but I forgot what that was. Even to this day, I'm still kind of bitter and angry and disappointed. I will own that. I haven't shed. In fact, I had a friend tell me, you know, as soon as you get over your anger for this experience, your life will change. I said, I got it. I'm not there yet. But the point is, is that going back to the why, Dave, why did you get on the bike in the first place? I needed to change my life. And I needed to share the experience of how I'm changing my life with others. If I had stayed on that path, God knows what would have happened. Instead, I made these little pivots trying to create the next best sound, the next great idea, being the great coach that I could be, the inspiration of moms and dads. I got into something else that wasn't noble and pure. And so that's when I say, is it enough? I worked myself to death trying to make 100 pedals work when it was working without me doing anything. And the minute I grabbed the reins, I ruined it. And you know what, Dave, I heard in not only this beautiful story that, first of all, I honor you for sharing because we all can still feel 
the energy that's in you of uh, not forgiving yourself yet or the event. Um, And what I'm hearing in our whole conversation about the question, is it enough? Am I doing enough? The place to begin the evaluation or the discovery of that is within yourself. Whether you're asking why, whether you're asking how come, or whatever your motivation is, go back to that. And then be willing to peek out at everyone's reaction. But don't let that be your guide. But certainly you're in the world with community. So you want to peek out and see what's going on. Try not to judge it too harshly. And then the third thing for me is to be able to reevaluate, redefine what enough is. Mm. Because like you said, if you had evaluated enough by, well, I did my 100 days and I influenced some parents, maybe that was enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, and it was and it is. And, you know, the whole transformational experience still lives on. But, you know, I got caught up in over here. Sure. Sure. Now, now, now that I've gone back to the core of how I changed my life, what I learned in that journey and that stuff, that's where I exist today. <laughs> and it's and and I'm and I'm enjoying it because it, it I don't I don't have to create impact. I know it's impactful because it's Correct. impactful. It's impactful for me. And you know, Dave, I think what you just defined is people have embraced the misnomer to me that when you focus on yourself, you're selfish. Hmm. You have to focus on yourself because you're the one with you 24-7 carrying around this bag of bones all day long and talking to yourself all day long inside your head. So if we don't start off with us, we're not getting the crux of any real answers that we're seeking. Mm -hmm. And if we can just give each other permission or give ourselves permission to say, let me spend a little quiet time with me, (laughs) you know, five minutes a day, and then I can give the rest to everybody else. Well, you might find that's enough. Yeah, well, that's you know, I'm going to close the show on that thought because you know the the bottom line is: Am I doing enough? Let's do this. Trust that you are enough, and live in that space. Yes. All right, All right gang, we are officially out of time again. Sharon, you are like a rock star. I could have you on every week, but I know you have a life. So anyway. Um, um, but thank you. Love you so much. These are great shows when you join us. And to the, to the people who listen, to the people who listen to this live or listen to it on Memorex, you guys probably aren't old enough to remember that, but people listen on live or on Memorex, remember, um, once you start listening, everything changes, open your heart, open your ears, open your mind, open your eyes. It's a gift. Give it to other people. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. We hope you've picked up on some useful ideas to help you enhance your conversational skills. Until we listen again, have a beautiful week.